Hello and welcome to the Court of Valets podcast. There are dolphins in Venice, cleaner waters in the Hudson, but still no chance of V accepting that I'm not cutting my hair. I'm Joe, and today I am joined by V. Hi! We're a comic podcast that uploads weekly. You can check the show notes for which comics we'll be covering this week and their timestamps so that you could skip over those titles if it's something that you haven't read yet or aren't interested in reading. So, good news! Comics are back. We have a regular episode for the first time in a while because publication has been paused over the course of about two weeks now. DC has been putting out some new content. They've actually been printing through a new uh, publisher for three weeks, but the first week was a bunch of reprints and some DC comic giants for Walmart and stuff. So over the course of last week and this week, we were actually able to put together a full episode. We're not going to be covering everything because it is just me and V this week. We just wanted to touch on some titles we felt really strongly about. <laughs> and for the record, I do not have that much of a problem with your hair. It's, <laughs> it's looking good. It does look good. It's just, it's a lot of hair. <laughs> I believe the words were Marv from Home Alone. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm going to start us off with Robert Venditti's Justice League number 44 with the art actually by Zermanico. He previously did the art for Grant Morrison's Green Lantern series. It's still not exactly following where Snyder left off, but Aquaman is requesting the help of the Justice League. They're suddenly up against all the different monsters of myths. I'm talking griffins, chimeras... Hydras, all that stuff. Somehow the gates of Tartarus were opened, and at the end of the comic, Spectre makes an appearance. Overall, I love Robert Venditti's work. He was on Hawkman for the longest time. He still is writing Hawkman. Also writing Superman for the Walmart Giants, and I love that series so much. If you haven't read it, I really recommend that you read it. It is called Superman Man of Tomorrow. It's three issues in now and he's just so good he really nails the tone but justice league i don't know i'm still very iffy when it comes to his justice league run right now i don't know if maybe it's just because he still kind of has to explain what's going on to separate it from what snyder was doing but one of the major things i really don't like is the way that he's portraying john stewart because you know for the longest time batman usually leads the justice league and yeah, there's a couple quarrels here and there, but for the most part, everybody listens to Batman. In Venditti's run so far, John Stewart has been pushing those boundaries and taking it upon himself to just start giving orders to the rest of the Justice League, which, you know, there's technically no official leader of the league, but it's kind of an unspoken thing of like, Batman's a tactician, he's a strategist, we're gonna listen to Batman here, and they'll just kind of run with that. In the beginning of Venditti's run so far, John has just been starting to give out these orders. And it kind of reminded me of this episode of Superstore where one of the employees wants to be promoted and he was listening to this website that told him to act as if you already have the position. (laughs) Oh no. And I'm pretty sure even Superman and I'm pretty sure even Flash had commented on John giving out orders like this. Like, what are you doing? He's like, no one ever said that Batman's the only one that can lead, right? 
Oh no, that's the worst reason. That just makes you sound shallow. He gets into a whole bunch of different like arguments that he kind of sets up himself with Batman about leading, saying like nobody appointed him the one true ruler of the league or whatever, something like that. Anyway, they're flying over to where Aquaman asks for their help. He's fighting off these monsters of myth. Something happens at the end after they fought off the monsters and Diana's trying to figure out how the gates of Tartarus were opened. All of a sudden, they all start feeling resentful. Batman even takes notice how all the monsters had the same glowing green eyes. And all of a sudden, each of the leaguers started to have glowing green eyes. Mm -hmm. And then the last page, it ends with the specter overlooking them. (laughs) So they've all been possessed by the spirit of greed. But John was first, and nobody noticed because it's Green Lantern. His eyes are always glowing green. (laughs) (laughs) Before I get into that a little bit more, I will say that I feel this plot has been done before. It seems like it's going to be one of those, you know, they're all arguing with each other because of some outer experience being or whatever. Of course, you know, the one that's the most arrogant or the most clever is going to snap them all out of it. I don't know. I feel like it's going to go that way. It's going to be either Batman that snaps them all out of it or it's going to be John that snaps them all out of it because he's going to accept that Batman is a better leader than he is. He does bring up a couple points where he did lead the entire Green Lantern Corps at one point. This is while he is washed with the resentment thing from the Spectre, right? Mm -hmm. Then there was a scene where Aquaman goes to Diana, and he's like, I feel like you've always looked down on me. And (laughs) Diana says, try being the lone woman on a team flooded with testosterone. Which, can I say, (laughs) even though I understand their beer wash with resentment, I understand that they may be saying things that they wouldn't actually say. It could have the same effect as the Black Lantern Rings, where it says things that they have thought, but know better not to say out loud. I feel like I've only ever seen this side of Diana in the Justice League TV show. Well, I don't know. There was... Wasn't there a Diana in the comics that was kind of like that as well? Like, it depends who is in charge, but I find that a lot of surprisingly male writers, I see that a lot, where they're just kind of like, Diana... Listen, she hates men. She likes <laughs> ladies. And she she resents men. I don't know, I feel like Diana's one of those amazing litmus tests. Sorry, but she is. She's so, like, formless in terms of personality. Like, you can write anything onto her. And what usually happens is people write their ideal woman onto her. Which is why mm-hmm. in some, she's really into bondage. In others, she's, uh... <laughs> I was waiting until you took a sip to do that. <laughs> in some other ones, she's kind of, you know, soft and sweet and kind. Yeah. And in others where she's like, I'm a strong leader. I don't have time for feelings. Because that's what they see as strength. I think Justice League Action, too, she kind of did that whole, like, ugh boys are stupid because it's kind of funny to them they think of it as irony of like she hates men but she's on a team full of them yeah but i mean you could also argue that she's putting up with it for the greater good Mm. obviously i think i've mentioned like every episode we talk about wonder woman that i like the gal gadot version where she's like we have to go to the world of man to save it and she just sees men and women as you know people they're both other Mm -hmm. than her Like, she isn't a woman, she's an Amazon. And so when she sees men and women, she sees them as these precious things for her to protect. Which I think is adorable. But I think more and more we're going to see, well, just based on the current trend of giving every male superhero a female counterpart and or protege, where, you know, there's a lot of trying to capitalize on my gender. (laughs) 
and how right. like you know i'm just waiting for wonder woman to break out a speech about the pink tax or talk about <laughs> why are more men employed than women all the stuff mm-hmm. like buzzfeed article titles so like that part of it didn't even give me pause i was just like yeah i see what you're doing what did give me pause is aquaman like that's hilarious to me i'm just you're always looking down on me and it's like yeah <laughs> Because you're in the water, literally <laughs> downstream of everyone. <laughs> well, I think it's also just because Aquaman and Diana have this very special type of bond because their cultures are so similar because they mm-hmm. both originated from the same place. That's been a constant for, I want to say, at least 20-something years because I've recognized this in Peter David's Aquaman run back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. This was also at the time where Arthur had a crush on Diana, oh. and he was in her monologue and confessing it to her when they were doing a mission in Atlantis. And he says something like, oh, between our battle strategies and our culture, <laughs> only I had the courage to tell you. Something uh, like that. Is there anyone in the Justice League who hasn't had a crush on Diana? <laughs> so that was Aquaman's resentment to Diana. Diana brings out this lone comment, and then it ends with Superman looking at them all. He's like, I'm always carrying the rest of you. Oh my gosh! Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone just stops what they're doing, and they're like, we're freaking carrying you, man! (laughs) When aren't you going off and doing something stupid? (laughs) He would not say this. <laughs> like, to think that if that was even his inner monologue, like, if he ever thought that, he would be an entirely different person than what we see him as. Exactly. Like, this is a much worse scenario than the Justice League episode. I brought it up once before, where they're all training how to work as a team, and Clark says how every hit that he takes is another one that somebody doesn't have to. Completely different than saying, like, I'm just carrying the rest of you. I can take the hits. You guys can't. <sighs> It was really bad. Did not agree with that. I did crack up, though. Bruce's resentment was Clark not going to him about revealing his identity. He had to find out through Diana after the fact. (laughs) I want to say that's petty, but, like, that's the most logical one out of any of these and in character. You know how Bruce feels about secret identities. Like, that's 100% logical. Exactly. I want to laugh about it and be like, oh, oh no, did your best buddy let you down? He didn't tell you his little secret first. But no, that's a terrible idea, and Bruce should have been the first to know because he would have talked him down and been like, I don't care what your wife says. (laughs) But yeah, I still enjoyed it. I feel like a lot of good can come out of Entity's story arcs. Overall, though, it seems to be like like a C-plus enjoyment level for me right now. It's nothing compared to Snyder's run. Mm. I was enjoying a little bit more of Bruce bringing that back. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this again. Yes. <laughs> Bring out the tea. Alfred? Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's a little late. It's really late to fix it. But on the other hand... It was such a bad idea, and I can't believe that he did that without talking it through. Like, what the heck? He asked people, and by asked people, I mean he just told people that this is what he was doing. He didn't ask if it was a good idea or not. He kind of just mumbled to himself every time something having to do with identities happened in the news. He just looked at it and he went, secrets. And he shook his head. <laughs> you think it's a bit, but this is a panel. I know. This is an actual panel. I know it is. I just... I really want just a gif of him, but just 
and just have that to like post on everybody's comments whenever they never mind i'm done with this bit all right give me a rating i'd still give it like a seven out of ten like i said it's like a it's like a c plus for me it's not great but he definitely does have the tone of a couple people i will say that superman in his justice league run is a lot more different to his superman in the man of tomorrow run that he's doing for the walmart giants and i think it has to do with the fact that this is tied to current continuity Mm. so he kind of has to work with everything else that's happened compared to man of tomorrow which because it's a walmart giant it's happening out of continuity unless they decide to put it in Mm-hmm. because that superman is lovely he's the swell guy who jokes around with his wife goes saves the day and is able to crack a joke at the same time not this guy who thinks that he carries the entire justice league on his shoulders yeah maybe it's just him being controlled and that's not what he secretly thinks he's just trying to think of something to be upset about and that was the first thing but honestly it just sounds like lazy writing at this point i mean if this is influenced by the specter this is something deep within them and there was like a whole thing with the monologue throughout the comic about things that turn to a tsunami or something like that when they could have been dealt with when it was just like a droplet or whatever Mm. some type of monologue like that so this is all things that were buried deep inside each of them and now it's getting brought out because of the specter so this guy's your monaco so he's a really good artist then he's pretty good i like him i've never heard of him that's a really unique name right he doesn't do colors he just seems to do the line art i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. before this was working with grant morrison for the green lantern run right. the this latest two the black stars one that was only three issues long I didn't read it. It wasn't good. Okay, that's probably why I didn't. <laughs> I know I thought I was going to be covering Green Lantern. I think I just petered out early because I was like, Grant Morrison. <laughs> There's so many words that don't matter. Why are we doing this? Sorry. I, I'm sorry for like circumventing like whatever you were trying to get to. That's okay. I was just going to finish there. Yeah, I give it like a 7 out of 10. I'm still going to keep reading, obviously. And like I said, I am a really big fan of Venditti because, like I said, I love his Hawkman run. Mm. I'm loving his Man of Tomorrow run. I am still excited to see where this is going to go and how it's going to tie into Death Metal with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and all that. But yeah. Well, I was thinking about doing Lois Lane because I know that came out. But I thought, you know what? I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I should treat myself. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have to read things I don't want to read. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stick to my fave. My good old boy, Batman. He's never let me down. (laughs) (laughs) He's never hurt my feelings on a weekly basis. Um, And then I thought, let's bring in the Outsiders. We're going to read Batman and the Outsiders 12 with Brian Hill. I think I mentioned to you before how he used to do Detective Comics. I really loved his characterizations. He wrote Mm. Batman as, like, really sympathetic he had a good voice for Cass. I was gonna say, I remember you definitely admiring like his interpretation of Cassandra Cain. Listen, it was such a breath of fresh air because I was getting exactly the characterizations from like the old runs. It was what I wanted. At the time, I was dealing with you know Tom Keen left and right, and he was going completely haywire. I think it was like even pretty close to when Heroes in Crisis was going down, so there was like a lot of chaos, and I was pretty miserable reading Batman. Every time I picked up a Batman title, I was just inwardly grown. 
there's Detective Comics with Brian Hill, and he's just like, here's Batman being Batman. And I'm like, okay, you know what? It's fine. It didn't, like, blow my mind. Like, yeah, it's so deep. It's so good. (laughs) It's just kind of like, good. Yes. That's all Mm -hmm. I want. Bare minimum. So, anyways, Batman and the Outsiders. I set this all up because Brian Hill is the writer on this, and the artist is Dexter Soy, and I was so confused honestly what what is happening here is it just like (laughs) i'm glad it wasn't just me i thought it was just the fact that it's been two whole months since we've gotten batman and the outsiders comic because before this issue 11 came out in march so i thought maybe i was forgetting a couple pieces yeah i do remember they were in the cave and they've been talking with sophia sophia was like i don't know how to be a good guy and batman's like let me teach you and we're in this cave there's batman it's a nine panel page your favorite this is like one of my chief pet peeves when i see a nine panel page i get so irritated because i have like those heroes in crisis flashbacks where i'm just like i was just gonna say (laughs) oh i get so angry like it's just seen it a handful of times since and i'm just nothing that's on a nine panel page is ever good it's always awful and they didn't even need to because the last three panels are three pieces of one picture of batman's face And it's not like, you know, how you put, like, separate panels to show, like, the passing of time. It's not even for that. It's just like, we want all the panels to be the same size. Three rows, three columns. So, anyways, it's stupid. It looked stupid. And it gets worse. And also, let's not let Dexter sway off of the hook here. Because I just want to say, the way he draws Bruce, he looks like, uh, what do you call it, a bishonen? He's just this cute anime protagonist male <laughs> with like milky white skin and very fine lines. And then he draws black lightning. His nose has all these extra joints in it. He's got marks on his face that look like dirt. He's always like scowling with wrinkles coming out of the sides and tops and corners of his lips everywhere. I wonder if it's because he's using his cheekbones to hold his mask up. <laughs> so he's forever scrunching well then why are his lips doing that and where's the dirt coming from is he covered in dirt because of his mask he is awful to look at if everyone looked like that i'd be like oh it's the artist style kind of like who's that guy who did uh the martian manhunter riley rosmo riley rosmo thank you he will draw people in a very stilted way but it's like his style stylistically like if i saw black lightning like that i'd be like yeah that's a rough style that's a really harsh way of drawing but everybody in this is sort of soft featured and pretty except for black lightning he's drawn like really rough in a different style and it's so jarring to read I didn't want to pull it out, but I felt like if I didn't, I would forget, and I just wanted on record that this is a strange thing in this comic. But, like, all the women are drawn pretty much identically. Like, we've yeah. got four women in this, and one is a Latina and three are Asian, and they all look the same. Lady Shiva, we have Katana, we have Cassandra, and then we have Sophia. And they all have noses that will expand and shrink. Their <laughs> lips will grow and shrink. Sometimes the nose is wider than the lips. Sometimes the lips are much wider than the nose. It's all over the place. It's fine. You can still read the story. However, it's just super jarring to me. It helped in making the story seem a little off and Alice Wonderlandy. So moving on. We spent too much time worrying about the art. Let's talk about the story. 
Aside from that jarring nine-panel page to start me off and fill me with fury, <laughs> the adults are talking, and then, like, the rest of them come in, and Sophia's like, I don't have a name yet. I'm taking suggestions. Like, it already sets the tone of, like, well, this is gonna be sort of Disney Channel dialogue. We're ready. So that's the whole hero opening. We see the whole list of them walking towards the camera, slow motion, you know? And then if you have been keeping up with Batman and the Outsiders, you know that once per comic, just about, there is a scene, an obligatory scene, where Black Lightning will find Batman, <laughs> and he will complain about something usually outside of Batman's control, and he'll just be like, why are you rich? Something <laughs> like that. It's, I don't know. At first I thought Brian just hated Black Lightning, but now I'm yes. starting to think maybe he hates Batman, and like, this is his voice. I really need you to hear this. Because this is the dialogue, aside from, like, when he confronts him, he goes, like, you knew I was with Shiva, didn't you? And Batman's like, I did. Black Lightning goes, and you let me go, even though you knew I wanted to kill that man, Bruce. Which, I'm sorry, is he your dad? <laughs> is he supposed to stop you from eating too much and getting fat? Like, is he supposed to be setting a curfew for you? Because you are a grown man, you guys aren't related, he's your employer he has that type of attitude where if batman did step in he'd be like what you've been following me you don't think i can control myself you don't trust me is this you rich people thinking you control the world <laughs> illuminati style and then bruce has to be nice to him every time bruce is nice to him he's like very calm and collected and even in this one too he's like i will react to a choice a friend makes i have no right to keep him from making that choice I'm not what some people think I am. Now, if you're like Black Lightning, you'd probably be like, okay, well, yeah, that's a good reason. You trust me to make my own choices because I'm an adult. And not just an adult, but like a 30 or 35-year-old man. So that makes sense. And a sense. principal of a school. Also, yeah, I'm I'm a teacher and a leader, and you kind of trust me to lead a team. So that, that makes sense that you would let me do my own thing. Black Lightning says, how do you do it? How do you fight them without becoming what they are? And Batman says, I don't. Bruce Wayne is a child shaking in crime <laughs> alley. This is Bruce, by the way, saying this. He's talking about himself in third person. He's explaining to you the worst possible interpretation of Batman. Bruce Wayne is a child shaking in crime alley. Batman, he puts on his cowl, protects that child from his anger and his pain. <laughs> I split myself in two and pretend that's sanity. You can't do that because you're a better man than I am. Men like Raish will always target that. He literally confessed to being Harvey Dent. <laughs> I split myself into two. <laughs> one's a man, one's a little boy. Raish likes fighting little boys, so he'll come after me. It makes no sense. He's never done that. Like, that. I, as far no. as I know. I mean, he has compared Bruce Wayne as kind of, you know, that playboy child playing, like, the part. It's always an act. It's not how he actually sees himself. <laughs> he always saw himself as, like, a kid who never got to grow up. That's kind of been a constant that I've read and watched. But the splitting himself in two, that's new. Normally, it's kind of like he refers to himself as Batman. Okay, I don't care, actually, if this has been done before. I'm going to say this right now. If you are a writer at DC and you get Batman, you get to write Batman. Do not waste it. 
by having him refer to himself in third person. Just don't do it, okay? It's not charming. It's not dark or heavy to have someone go, Batman likes candy. <laughs> Batman wants to do that. No, do not have him talk in third person. Do not have him refer to himself as a little boy. He is an old man now. It's time to stop calling yourself a little boy. I don't care if you had the worst child of all time, or childhood. I don't care if you never met your parents. You do not keep calling yourself a child in your 30s and 40s, okay? The cutoff should be 18, but we know it's not, so I'm just going to move it on up to 30. If you're over 30, <laughs> do not call yourself a lost little boy. And before you say I'm kink-shaming... <laughs> I was waiting for that. I don't... Listen. <laughs> I was going to say, unless you're into that. My kink isn't being a mom, and I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to have strangers say I'm a little boy when they're clearly not. It's already confusing enough out here. I don't need that. And I don't need that from someone who is a parent. If you have kids, it's time to stop being the child in the relationship. You need to be an adult. And this guy has been the parent of this whole group of adults, so he needs to not be calling himself a little boy. Just saying. That's my thing. I'm sure it doesn't bother other people as much, but it really upset me that he was breaking down his character as being weak. He's like, oh, you're strong. You're good, Jefferson. And, like, Jefferson hasn't shown, like, an ounce of strength this whole time. He flips from one emotion to another, and he always blames someone else for any decision he makes. So Jefferson's the worst. He is the worst character in this. Yeah, Raish is here, but forget that. Jefferson is the worst. And Batman being coddling constantly, the patience of a saint. But that doesn't make it okay. Like, at some point, you gotta, like, acknowledge this guy needs a little more help than you can give him. Just saying. Batman just putting himself down to help Jefferson feel better. It's not great. It's not a good look. And then after that, of course, the obligatory Shiva versus Cass scene where they're fighting because that's what they do all the time. And just as right. an aside, remember how I said how he does Cass really well? Yep. The first thing Cass says is, Shiva always lie. Which, no, no, that's not right. It's not good. It's not quite her voice. It's more like a stereotype. <laughs> We know that she has broken English because she is learning English, or just how to speak in general. Well, she's moved past that point at this point, so that's kind of a regression, A. But also, she usually doesn't get the tenses or the context of the words wrong. Like, she'll leave out certain words, usually, because mm. it's just too hard to get them out. And it's something about the language centers, it's something about being mostly mute, so it's just a struggle, and I get that. But, like, if she does sound like a bad movie stereotype of an Asian, like, you need to not do that one. Like, don't pick that one. I'm, like, super sensitive on this. I feel like I shouldn't be as sensitive about this as I am. I read one review of this, and the person was glowing. They loved it. They were like, ordinarily, this comic is okay. This one was, like, a no-spoiler review. So I was like, oh, good. Mm. He's like, this is an okay comic. But during this time, when I just wanted to read a new comic, it's great. And so I was like, ah. And I think it's because I haven't roasted a comic in a while. I was going to say, like, I can kind of get it. It's been a while for everybody to actually have something new. Like, I was excited to see new comics out. I binge read all of them. I just think I'm having the opposite reaction as you guys. I'm just like, ugh. I don't I miss mean, you I, at all. <laughs> I felt the same way after reading this one. Okay, good. I read this. I read Lois Lane. I didn't like either of those. I like having this affirmation where it's like, okay, you're not crazy. Let's talk about comics. I like that. Good. Thank you. It is our job every week. Because every once in a while, I'll read comics. I'm like, do I hate comics? Do I hate <laughs> reading? 
And then someone else is like, no, no, it's the comic. It's not you. I'm like, oh, good. Okay. So anyways, I want to smash cut over to Katana. So Katana is staring at a picture of little Bruce and his mom and dad. She's in his house. She's looking at his portrait as a child. And she goes, parents die often. Children move on. What makes him think his tragedy is destiny? (laughs) Which is like, we're still on roast Batman hour? Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. And then Jefferson shows up behind her, not wearing his mask, ugly as can be. His eyes are in shadows. He's just got so many lines in his face compared to everyone else. Everyone else is smooth-faced and just sort of actually vacant. And he's always standing in shadow. So it's just every time I'm like, ugh. So he shows up in the shadow and he goes, children with a billion dollars never have to hear the word no. Which made me go, wait, what are you guys talking about? Her point is that, look, everyone has dead parents children should move on batman is weird because he turned his tragedy into his destiny and i'm like true katana that's a good point then black lightning's counter is children with a billion dollars never hear the word no i don't get the connection i think they're both just hating on him and they're talking on different streams of thought and she goes hi and they never have to grow up so okay because it looks like he just showed up in the room he's walking into the room as she's saying this to herself So he clearly must have already told her about Bruce saying, I'm a little boy, because they're both talking about him like, why is he saying he's a little boy? And he's just saying, (laughs) well, he has too much money. Anyways, she says, Rajan, how long are you going to wait to tell me why your eyes change when you look at me? And then she, I'm not going to read you the whole, like, next two pages, but it's basically her trying to get him to sleep with her. Yeah, this was something that everybody was expecting i wasn't it was just kind of setting the two of them up well remember when we were last talking about outsiders and we said how brian hill seems to be setting up black lightning and katana and then also on the other hand duke and Cass. but then he broke the duke and Cass one by calling each other brother and sister yeah but constantly tatsu's always saying yeah don't forget my husband's here yeah and then everybody else is like dude just get it he's like she's married he's like yeah to a sword get it yeah but like that was a bad guy so i thought that was the point was they're trying to like you know we're gonna address the elephant in the room that we have two mirrored images of the same couple Ninja Girl and Superpower Man are gonna get together. But no, they're not. <laughs> it's a surprise. But then in this one, she's just, I am ready. Take your clothes off. My husband will be there. <laughs> but we should definitely do it because I'm alive. He's basically dead. But he's gonna be there. I really hated that part where she's like, My husband is dead. I'll be with him later, but I am not dead now basically saying until i die i can be with whoever i want whenever i want i mean like if that was her opinion from the beginning then okay but this seems to be new yeah like if she truly believed her husband was dead then that's one thing she's a widower she's not married anymore but she's walking around she takes the sword out while she's talking about him and the sword is all sparkling like it can hear her and she's (laughs) like yeah this is my husband so are we gonna do it and um oh my gosh what did she say i'm not frightened by what you feel jefferson but i am i'd like to not speak about this again please no you'd like to know what i'll say if we do i want you to have the courage to ask me and he runs away going i'm not a coward proving that by walking away there's a lot of manly men in this comic is what i'm trying to say Oh my gosh. 
I would love to just hear that as Black Lightning's voice from now on throughout this run. Fits. He's such a baby. <laughs> Anyways, so Batman gets them all out into the desert. They're riding horses, because of course they are. One thing I just noticed was everyone gets their own horse except for Cass and Duke. They have to share one. And the horses are freaking huge. They're like Clydesdales. I think just Batman's. It is just Batman's. Everybody else looks proportionate. Yeah, I don't know. It and could then just Batman's be the artist. riding fucking Ganondorf's horse. <laughs> it's so <sighs> okay one more thing and i won't do any more voices i promise i know i'm supposed to rush over the plot but i felt like this needed more precision because like if i just go you know the dialogue was really bad you'd be like oh so what else is new v hates everything she's always complaining and like i am but on this one i want you to listen yeah i get when it's called for thank you okay so this next scene right especially planted in the desert rachel ghoul is after this tech they expect to find him in there, okay? So they're about to go mm-hmm. in. This is high stakes. So there's a little pep talk between Duke and Cass. We haven't seen them talk together this whole time. They have the little moment where she's checking in to make sure he's okay. There's new powers. And he's talking about how he doesn't miss the light. He doesn't know what to do with the darkness. He wants to test his powers, test his limits. She's like, that's dangerous. But she's smiling. And he says, what about this life isn't? And then there's a panel where they're walking towards the ship and you are behind them. And she goes, I help you learn darkness. You help me against Shiva. You think my mother is hot. (laughs) What? Why? When you were mentioning out of place text bubbles before. Yeah. This is what came to mind for me. Because out of everything, where would that even come up in conversation? (laughs) Just flat out like that. Like, I understand that Cass is blunt and I understand that speaking is tough. But I do not ever foresee any situation where Cass would be just as blunt as this. Yeah, I mean, I could see it if they were, like, talking and he wasn't paying attention. So that's, like, a panel where she has to, like, notice that. And then she goes, you think my mother is hot? They're switching topics now. There's a moment where she is acknowledging he's not paying attention to her. And then he can be like, oh, you know. Right. Maybe that will lead us to something else. That's a Mm -hmm. way to change the topic. But it's not. They're walking towards a battle. Her mom is right there. She says, Mm -hmm. I help you, period. Learn darkness, period. You help me, period, against Shiva, period. Who is her mother? And she says, you think my mother is hot. He goes, Cass. And then you see in the next panel, Shiva, because she can hear everything they're saying. Right. Cass's plan to take down her mother is, like, done right in front of her mother. Her mom smiles as he says, everyone thinks your mother is hot. Like, even getting asked that question, <laughs> nobody's going to say yes. No one's going to be like, yeah, Cass, have you seen her? I mean, maybe it's the artist's fault. Maybe he should have drawn him drooling instead of these two fist bumping as she says, you think my mother is hot. Because they are fist bumping while they walk into a dangerous situation. That was so cringy for me. It's like, you think my mom is hot. Put it there. (laughs) (laughs) Lock it. Nice. At the same time, if it is the artist, he should have just had everybody staring at Shiva the entire time. Every (laughs) single panel. (laughs) They should have had him say, everyone thinks your mom is hot. And everyone's just looking over the shoulder at him, like, with absolute disgust on their faces. That would have been great. (laughs) She's like, what's wrong with you? 
They go in, worried they're gonna run into alien tech where it's gonna be super dangerous. They find Caliber stabbed through the chest. They find other people all dead. They're like, oh no, Raish is cleaning house. He's killing his own people. They get a hologram where Raish is talking to them, saying how he has this alien tech now that can destroy basically any parts of the world he likes. Because Shiva betrayed him, he's going to destroy her hometown. He sinks the whole village into the earth, and he says he's going to destroy all these cities unless Batman gives him each of the children in the group, Sophia, Duke, and Cass, and gets Black Lightning to kill Katana, which he knows is impossible. And he goes, if you don't do all these impossible things, I'm just going to keep destroying everything. Then he starts laughing so hard he's drooling. I know. It's really gross. Just one of those, like, what are you doing, buddy? Sometimes I think, like, the art is trying to tell me something, like, where I'm looking at it, and it's, <laughs> this guy is crazy, look at him. And then later on, it's like, no, he wasn't. This artist just nuts. And you're like, oh, I feel a little betrayed now, because you had to interpret it in a weird way. But on the other hand, it's not like the artist gets the whole arc, and so they can, like, set things up visually. So a lot mm. of times, they don't know what they're drawing either. But anyways, that's the point of this one. It's a 1 out of 10 for me. I hated the art. I hated the story. I hated the dialogue. I'm right there with you. I didn't enjoy this. And if I'm being honest, the past couple issues I have been contemplating on just dropping it. Just because, again, like, I do not care enough to continue the story. It has been kind of lackadaisical, hasn't it? Like, they've been going for 12 issues and it's a lot like the Catwoman situation where nothing has happened. Except unlike the Catwoman issue, this actually takes me a bit of time to read. Where Catwoman, I usually am able to breeze through that in two to five minutes. Well, that's also because Catwoman is about one woman who is doing nothing with her time versus two breeding couples Sophia, (laughs) a handful of villains, and Batman just kind of running around in circles, Benny Hill style. Mm -hmm. They just keep talking and talking. Very little action, and when there is, it's usually very, like, pointless action. My favorite of all time, and I think I've said it before, is when Cass was jumping off her motorcycle onto a moving truck to rescue Duke because he was in mortal peril and she was being told not to. And she's like, I can't talk right now. I've got to do something. I've got to focus. <laughs> and Batman's just like, all right. So like, that was a great moment. Nothing else in the series has hit that. All mm. been kind of... Very lackluster. Well, they always talk about their feelings, but they never seem to come to any resolution or any sort of personal yeah. growth. The constant berating that Black Lightning gives to Batman <sighs> really just wants me to put everything down because this guy is just never going to accept Batman is talking to him calm and rationally each and every time. He tells him that he trusts him and then he's like, I don't believe you. Yeah, and he always finds a way of bringing up that Bruce is money. Like, it's a bad thing. And it's such a weird stereotype, you know, like the bucket of crabs thing where, like, you can Mm -hmm. never get out of the bucket because someone's always grabbing you and pulling you down. And how people complain that a lot of people in poverty are always doing that. Like, they hate when anybody gets out of poverty, so they're always trying to yank them down. Well, he's doing it to himself because he's being funded by a billionaire. He can do pretty much whatever he wants, but he's always constantly looking to be oppressed. He's always upset and complaining. And it's like, dude, you're out of the bucket. Can you just stop trying to pull yourself back in? And stop Mm. being angry and resentful of this guy who's willing to give you whatever you ask for. I don't get it. But sometimes he acts like he actually admires him, you know? Yeah. 
he's in awe of him, but he's also constantly angry at him. It just seems like a weird person to hire to teach your kids. There's plus that dialogue, too, where at the end he's like, when this is all over, maybe you could teach them a few things or something Why like are that. we waiting till it's over? That's what he's supposed to be doing now. <laughs> teach them? He's supposed That's what to he be... hired you. I hate that. Please, just, sir, do your job and teach the kids now and stop constantly running off with your co-teacher to go stare longingly in each other's swords. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a long tangent. It's okay. It was therapeutic. It was long overdue. This is our first <laughs> regular episode in a while. So. <laughs> but before getting into some comic news, I do want to say a couple of the other titles that came out last weekend, this week. Batman The Adventure Continues, 1 to 3, as we've mentioned a couple times, the 90s cartoon animated series in comic form. Nice. And it is so good. Please go pick it up. You also had The Flash 753, which, I'm not going to lie, I really should have read the issue prior before I did my binge read these past two days, because I do not remember a single thing that's happened in any of the titles <laughs> I read. But it was good. It's really setting some things up. Then you had Green Lantern Season 2, Issue 3. You had the Black Label, Joker, Harley, Criminal Sanity, Number 4. And you also had Justice League Odyssey, Number 20, which is getting intense. Mm. It was kind of in the same boat as Batman and the Outsiders for me for a while, where I could have just dropped it at any moment because I didn't feel anything for it. But this issue... Oh my gosh. Really? Should I pick it back up? I think you should. Especially because you miss Jessica Cruz. Okay, so you've been reading Odyssey. That's great. Mm. I heard that you were starting to get sort of impartial about it. So it was like, maybe I won't pick it up. I don't want to hear them messing up Jessica or making her too overpowered. But you're saying that she, it's actually good? It's good. It's tying things back to the beginning of the comic when it started. Past couple issues, it was getting very, I don't understand what's going on. There is too much text here and not enough simple explanation because it's all the scientific terms and stuff. Now she's still technically overpowered, but it's kind of making a little bit more sense. And things are kind of equaling out around her. Mm. So it doesn't seem like she's overpowered. Okay. And about Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity, that was one of those ones I've been meaning to pick up, and I don't think it was the one I did. So have you been on that? Yes. I like it. It's a complete AU where Harley is actually working with the detectives of the GCPD to find a serial killer that is copying the Joker. And at the same time, you see the flashbacks of this new Joker growing up as a kid and acting the way he is and how he got started. It kind of has a very Hannibal Lecter feel to it. That's what it sounded like. That's one of the things I liked about it. It reminded me a lot of the Hannibal TV show with the murder displays and everything. Oh. It was cool. It's a whole new take on both Joker and Harley. And I do like this side of Harley. You never really get to see a sane Harley Quinn. Mm. I always wanted to see more of her being the psychiatrist. And I never really get that. Like, you get it for maybe a couple pages, maybe one story. But, you know, she always goes back to how she is now. Mm-hmm. But this, she is saying the entire time. And she's using what she learned in school to help track down this killer. Well, Criminal Sanity, that's a black label, right? So is it limited? Yeah, it's nine issues in total. Okay, so in the end, he's probably going to turn her, right? Probably. They haven't even gotten him arrested or anything yet. Hmm. I can't speak about this issue because I didn't read it yet. This is the only one I haven't read. Ah, okay. 
I read everything else. <laughs> you almost had me fooled. I was going to ask for specifics, but we'll drop it. Okay, so you had some more DC Comics information, right? Yeah, so in terms of news with books, movies, and television shows, a lot of CW news. Stargirl is having her own live-action television show. This has been common knowledge for the past couple months. I want to say since the last San Diego Comic-Con when DC Universe was launched. I think so. But it is coming out May 18th, so it's actually only a couple days away. And what I found out, which was interesting, is that it is also going on the CW channel a day later. And it's going to be continuing to run like that. Stargirl isn't the only show that they're doing this with. They're also relaunching Swamp Thing Season 1 on the CW later in the year 2020. Oh? Yeah, you know, Swamp Thing, the live action that was on DC Universe, the streaming site, and got canceled after its third episode aired. Yes. So it only ran to 13 episodes. I want to say they're using this as a way to bring more audience in into the streaming service, but at the same time, I don't think that's going to be possible. If you are just going to upload all these live action things on the CW, nobody's going to want to sign up for DC Universe. That's not true. You don't think so? Because I've seen that promo for Stargirl. I don't think it's bringing anyone anywhere. If they put out Stargirl, it's going to be bad. But I'm wondering if it's going to be Batgirl bad or if it's going to be Supergirl bad. I don't know. It's going to just be another show that I'm not watching, especially after seeing those costumes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wildcat? That's the worst thing I've yeah. seen. You can see loose threads on that costume. It's Catwoman. I understand before anybody says anything, I do know that the second Wildcat was a woman. But that costume, <laughs> I have seen the comments on Twitter, on Newsarama and stuff, and they are all saying how it is just Catwoman in the worst way. <laughs> Especially if this is going to be the fighter Wildcat. You can't throw punches with claws like that, and those definitely don't look retractable. Oh, so she does have superpowers. Yeah. I didn't know Yolanda's superhuman powers include retractable claw-like fingernails and cat-like agility. But those claws are glued onto the gloves. But she's also an avatar of the red, the mystical force of all animal life. So she's kind of like Vixen. Mm-hmm. Huh. She was originally a titanic but mindless beast. Yolanda's mostly been depowered but still has her original incarnation's retractable claws. So she already had a cameo in the Arrowverse crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, uh, if she did, I didn't watch it so I can tell you. Yeah, it doesn't look great. I'm not even going to watch the pilot. And also, speaking of bad shows coming out on CW, 2021 in January, Superman and Lois premieres. You don't think you'll like it? I'm not going to watch it. What? Why not? You love Superman. I know. And so just with their advertisement picture where you have Superman and Lois, Metropolis in the background, Daily Planet's there, whatnot, but then you also have a very dark sky. And that right away for me is a very red flag because when do you ever see Metropolis portrayed in that dark sense except for on CW because everything has to be dark and edgy and gritty in a way. And it just sets up a bad tone mm -hmm. for me. Also, I know a lot of people like whatever her name is as Lois Lane. I personally do not, but I don't know. Something about her. I don't see her as Lois. And Tyler Hecklin, I like him. He was a good Clark. He was a good Superman in a couple episodes I've seen of him. I don't know, it seems iffy for me. 
No, that's fair. You're allowed to skip certain media that might not portray your fave as they should be portrayed. I'm sorry. That's okay. You have plenty of content to go back to, though. I do. I am currently rewatching a 90s Superman cartoon, and I am hope to rewatch Lois and Clark. Watch it with me. I want to okay. see it. I've never seen it. Don't give me that look. I will always give you that look. <laughs> what? <But> not <laughs> <Anyway>. everyone consumes <laughs> all Superman media. Don't try to anyway your way out of that. You're not the normal one here. Okay, never go ahead. I never said I was. But... <laughs> can you please read out any of the comics that are coming out next week these are all potential they to my knowledge are not confirmed of what's coming out yes sir okay so next week we're gonna see some black labels it's gonna be the dollhouse family number six and plunge number three DC Stun Killables number three will come out. I'm actually looking forward to that. Right? <laughs> like Unkillables. I don't know why. It's don't good. ask me. It's pretty good. I'm expecting it to turn at any moment, so I'm like not overly enthusiastic. I know how these things go, but I, well, like, I'm I kind of enjoying it. Well, I the Deceased one, the main title from Tom Taylor, until the last issue. Yeah. That's so, kind of what I'm seeing happening. Yeah. I'm kind of like, ah. <laughs> okay. But tentatively, I love it. Um, Legion of Superheroes, number seven. Uh, we're going to see Metal Men, number eight. Nightwing, number 72. And we're going to see some stuff from the Sandman's universe. Uh, House of Whispers, number 20. Lucifer, number 20. And uh, cover your ears, Joe. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 10. <laughs> I haven't checked to see if I could if I could find the art from it, but I've been buying that just because of like I want to say Ben Oliver's art. You've been art. buying name, it right? too? Yeah, because the art, the cover art is gorgeous, Joe. It's so pretty. But the story's so bad. I don't even open it. I just keep the issues and I look at the covers. <laughs> They're for collectibles. I just want to have his art. Oh my you wouldn't understand. You're right. Wonder Woman number seven hundred fifty-five. <laughs> Thank you so much. Also, for anybody who is reading Legion of Superheroes, there's a new lantern in town, and the color is gold, because that is what Brian Michael Bendis created. (laughs) I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Brian Michael Bendis. Creating characters left and right. But they're always the most superficial, like, ah. And everybody's question is, what emotion is this? <laughs> Starstruck <laughs> by Brian Michael Bendis. Equality. <laughs> you know what? Sure. <laughs> the right side of history. That's what this color is. <laughs> oh. But yeah. Anybody who wants to let me know how that gold lantern is. Feel free to do so. <laughs> I'm not going to find out on my own. I read the first issue. I did not pick up anything else afterwards. I suffer enough from that man. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of Court of Alex podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Court of Alex, and please let us know which comic you would want us to cover next week. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Take care, guys. Bye. Hey guys, it's V here. I just wanted to add a quick addendum to our Batman and the Outsiders review. There's been some late-breaking news from the creator of Black Lightning, Tony Isabella. (laughs) Co-creator. Depending on who you believe. (laughs) He had some things to say, and actually Joe found it on CBR? Yeah, CBR. 
Would you tell us what you found? Sure. So this article was actually posted May 15th, and I want to have the date on record just in case his posts get deleted, just like some previous posts of his. But anyway, it starts off in all caps saying, Fuck DC Comics and everyone involved in their rancid Batman and the Outsiders book. Anyone who understands Jefferson Pierce knows Lynn is his one true love. <laughs> My OTP is goals. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, so far I'm kind of with him, honestly. Just a reminder. This is posted on Facebook by Tony Isabella. He is a 68-year-old man who has been working with comics since the 70s in both Marvel and DC. He's created characters such as Black Lightning, Misty Knight, and Tigra. And he's also worked on Power Man, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, a bunch of other different titles. It sounds like an angry fan on Tumblr. <laughs> so do you have an issue with his professionalism? I mean, I feel it could be tweaked a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I feel like that's what he does when he wakes up in the morning. Like, if you're at all familiar with Tony Isabella, he just wakes up in the morning, he opens his window, he looks at the birds, and he screams out into the neighborhood, <laughs> Fuck DC Comics, you stole my true love. <laughs> and then his neighbors across the street are like, Well, honey, Tony's up. <laughs> Must be 8.30. So is that kind of all the article said? No, so it also continues with a couple other posts where Tony was filled with so much white rage about this latest <laughs> Batman and the Outsiders comic that he is now taking the next couple of days off from the internet. He quotes, I figure I'll miss at least some of the clueless trolls who think the creator of an iconic character should just shut the fuck up when he and the <laughs> character are disrespected by others. Update. I'm taking the weekend to think about what I want to do going forward. Right now, I'm considering throwing in the towel. There's got to be better things I can do with my energy, passion, and talent. <laughs> so this man is filled with so much disgust about how his character is being treated. He is considering giving up working on comics. He's not going to give up on comics. This is a tantrum. How many times have we seen comic writers have tantrums on the social media yeah. of their choice? It just sounds like a little kid. I swear, yeah. it sounds like uh, someone from like 12 to 14 being angry and just wants to storm out of the house. <laughs> I'm not going to critique his current projects. I'm not going to comment on his work for hire either. You know what? Okay, I will. If I was working for a company and I'm getting paid for my work, then I know that in the end, the company owns whatever I create. Yes. And I also know that if that character becomes popular, it's very likely because of the massive heft the company is putting behind it. Mm -hmm. And that I can create my own characters every day of the week. I could make 365 characters a year. And as long as they're mine, and I create them on my own time, I can do whatever I want with them. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm not going to get paid for them unless I put a bunch of heft and work behind it. Right. So that's a trade-off. It's an unfortunate trade-off, but that's a trade-off that I have accepted when I am in a profession where that is <laughs> a constant thing. It boggles my mind whenever I see Tony Isabella running around acting like he still owns this character. It just, it confuses me. There are so many people who create so many things and they don't get crazy aggressive over them once they've mm -hmm. sold them off. You can still have opinions on it, obviously. Like, he knows his character. Oh, yeah. 
And that's what goes without say for everybody. Like, I'm sure, like, Bob Kane, the Siegel family, all have their opinions about how Superman and Batman have aged over the years, being passed around from all these different writers. I'm sure they have some favorites. I'm sure they have some they wish that weren't on them. But at the end of the day, they understand that they cannot hold on to those characters forever. And you and I, for comedic purposes, will go over the top. Oh, yeah. Because it's for fun, and we know that our opinions don't affect the creators in any way. Exactly. Like, I will go high and low about how much I can spend this (laughs) and how I wish he was off the Superman run. And you're never going to seek them out. You're never going to post publicly, fuck this guy, I hate him. (laughs) Well, speaking of targeting writers and artists and that kind of thing, I just want to say, like, that Facebook post that you mentioned... Mm -hmm really tame. Tony Isabella had a slew of posts this past weekend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure he's reacting emotionally in the same way that we did to the new development with You mean this crack ship between Black Lightning and Katana? Listen. Not his wife slash ex-wife, depending what continuity you want to follow? I want to say this very clearly for everyone involved. If you don't know these two characters, let me explain to you. Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning. Or co-creator. Co-creator. is <laughs> a white guy from Cleveland, Ohio, who has a very specific way of talking. Mm-hmm. I did not know he was white <laughs> until I saw a picture of him today. And I was like, wait a second. And then there's Brian Hill, who, as we know, is a black guy. And I just want people to keep that juxtaposition in mind going forward with this because I did find a whole bunch of tweets and they are from both Tony Isabella and Brian Hill. I think we mentioned before, I'm not sure if we did, Brian Hill is amazing at Twitter. He's a really nice person. We like Brian Hill. Don't really like his writing right now. So around this weekend, about Saturday, May 9th, Tony Isabella just went off. He went totally crazy and just had like a long string of things i'm gonna quote him verbatim please don't be angry with me there aren't any like super bad swears but like keep in mind this guy actually wrote all of this let me just go into it okay his first tweet was don't try to put a silver lining on dc reducing black lightning to batman super negro it's insulting to the character his fans and the creator with whom he wouldn't exist (laughs) i think he meant without whom for authentic Black Lightning, read Black <laughs> Lightning, cold dead hands, and watch the brilliant TV show. He forgot to say, where I cameo. <laughs> Just a side thing. One, I don't know how I feel about the man after knowing he still uses the term Negro to describe a black person. I feel like everyone's on that page. I, okay. I don't think you're you're having like a very controversial take here. And two, just for reference to keep in the back of your mind black lightning has never had a full-fledged comic book run even when he was co-created by tony isabella the (laughs) other co-creator was trevor von eden he was the artist but even back then his first series was only like 10 issues or something like that before it got canceled and then he had another short one in the 90s he didn't come back again until 2018 which was written by tony isabella which is what he's happily advertising (laughs) And the CW's latest Black Lightning TV show, where he cameoed in this latest season as a judge. Am I a bad person if I say Static Shock is better? No, because I'm pretty sure for the longest time, everybody thought Black Lightning was the adult Static Shock. 
Like static shock would become black lightning? Yes. Anyways, I, it's so shocking to me because I honestly thought Tony Isabella was black for the longest time. Just News about black lightning's creator is shocking to you? <laughs> <laughs> Take your puns and get out. All right. <laughs> so he, like, like I said, it was a whole thread. So... If you don't already understand why DC Comics reducing Black Lightning to Batman's support Negro is insulting, if you give me the lame, that's the marketplace, response, oh, it's me, you're never going to get it. <laughs> we don't have anything to talk about. I'm reading from Bleeding Cool, by the way, because Tony has since deleted all of these tweets. We are just gonna read from Bleeding Cool. <laughs> He's screenshotted everything for us. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Bleeding Cool. Yeah, all you drama collectors. <laughs> Responding to a remark about DC's apparent reluctance to put Black Lightning in his own solar series, despite the character having his own television show, Isabella said that's only because DC has no say in what ends up on television. <laughs> what? <laughs> DC Comics, he said, has next to nothing to do with what characters get or appear on the TV shows. I don't see how that's possible. And also responded to tweets about that the character's name Black Lightning is itself racist, which I have said in the past multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so to be accurate, he was created by a white guy at a time when there were no black writers working for either of the big two companies. Well, aren't you a saint? <laughs> so yeah, he said, uh, May 10th, uh, heading to bed, Wednesday was challenging accused of racism a few times, received private messages that were fairly incoherent, discovered Batman cultists are as easy to block as comic skaters, got a lot done, <laughs> hope to get more done after sleep. Love you all madly. Well, most of you. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Um, <laughs> he returned the following afternoon to explain how he would write the series himself. Oh my gosh. I love his ego. Dude, I wish I had his ego like just share a little of your self-esteem with me sir please jefferson's priorities he said are his family his students his community it's out of character for him to leave all that at batman's bidding he's not a guy to respond how high when batman or any other hero tells him to jump i'm sorry but did we notice that in the comics we did in the very beginning because he was very like i don't want you following me i don't want you telling me what to do but you want me to lead this team but you're actually telling me how to lead this team yeah that part was stupid too honestly like either do or don't don't be like mm -hmm. eh, you're making me and i am not gonna because it's not in character okay i'll do it like i'm still in retrospect less and less enamored by brian hill's take on this but I am less and less enamored with Tony Isabella the more I read. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he continues, that way Jefferson would not be abandoning what he holds dearest and still be able to train these heroes. And that's what he would do. He would not undertaking missions, that's what he said, that Batman sets for the team. He would train them and any missions they would undertake. Because as indicated in Cold Dead Hands, <laughs> the story <laughs> happened to write, while Jefferson respects Batman, he doesn't particularly like him. He recognized Batman is broken and tends to break the people around him. Which, I mean, I think he does say that almost verbatim in Brian Hill's take. Yeah, he greatly expresses how much he hates Batman. And how Batman breaks people. I think he also referenced it in um, Detective Comics, because there was some black lightning there. If he did, I did not know. I was not reading comics at the time. He says, My version of the book could allow for Batman's minor involvement, but would establish Black Lightning as the lead in the book and the team. 
Maybe that's what Batman and the Outsiders will be aiming for. Maybe not. But that's how I answered the DC executive. Has entertained more readers. Has inspired more people. Has helped more of my fellow professionals and supported more worthy causes and creators. Has worked with clean hands in comics for nearly half a century. Thus ends the lesson. I'll be back when it suits me. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter what you do in life. You can still be a little bitch. Can I say that? I'm going to say that. I feel like, yeah, he's coming from an emotional place. I get it. I do. I don't like when people take characters I love and make porn of them. I hate it. (laughs) But I think having a public tantrum, he has so many tantrums. Honestly, I get it, but make a new character. Maybe call him Blue Lightning, and he can be the exact same person. <laughs> like, don't... <laughs> make it a musical. Call it Grease Lightning. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe the next black character don't, don't name them <laughs> something related to black. I mean, Misty Knight now has a new connotation for me. I mm. didn't know that he was the creator of Misty Knight, but now I'm like, oh. Why is she called Knight? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just new shoes goofing. Don't be mad at me, Isabella. Alright, some media is not for certain people. I promise you this content is not for Isabella. She <laughs> would not like it. I mean, honestly, would Brian even like it? <laughs> I was going to say, maybe Isabella would like these episodes. Because we're siding with him. Saying that this isn't good. We're also calling him a little bitch. Honestly, like, this whole tirade makes me like him a lot less and makes me like Brian a lot more just because I'm imagining him reading this and going, jeez. <laughs> you just call the character I'm writing Batman's Negro? <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> I would be so ticked. I mean, and that's not at all accurate in my opinion, but honestly, like, disagree with that assertion black lightning is not batman's bitch he's just <laughs> or sorry not batman's <laughs> making it worse black lightning isn't batman's uncle tom or whatever cool new slang <laughs> our hip. friend isabella is gonna pull out of his pocket i just think that he's annoying and mm-hmm. i think he can be written well i like the idea of a family man who's a teacher and or principal who takes care of his town ta- like there's so much good stuff to mine there, and no one is doing it. Like, on that front, I'm with Tony Isabella, but then he says stuff like this, and I'm like, I'm sorry, man, you've lost me. That's like what I was saying in the beginning of this episode, too, that he is a good character. I would like to read more of him, but everything that he's ever in is very short-lived. You never really get that opportunity to. I wonder why, though. I'm going to check it out. If it's because of Isabella's vitriol, like, seeping through the pages, then I'm going to check out. So Brian responded, um, but he didn't, like, respond directly because that's against the rules. Do you, you understand how Twitter in professionalism, works? you mean. Professionals, true professionals, do not respond by adding the person. And a lot of times they will even avoid mentioning the person's name. And I will also say that this tweet, I believe Brian deleted, but he posted on the night right in the middle of Tony's tirade. He said, I've seen some commentary about me having animus toward Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning. That's completely false. I have nothing but respect for Tony and his work. Obviously, without his imagination, I wouldn't be writing Batman and the Outsiders. That I care about Black Lightning very much. 
I also care about Katana, Cassandra Kane, and Duke Thomas. These characters have passionate fans who deserve thoughtful stories. My hope is that Batman and the Outsiders provides that for everyone. That being said, please don't attack any creator for their opinion of me or my work. No need for that. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, and it's ultimately the work that will demonstrate virtues and flaws. Let's focus on the work and see where it all goes, and thanks so much for reading. Consummate professional. Such a nice guy. <laughs> it's pretty nice. People are saying things like how Tony Isabella showed poor form, how he's blocking users who give him the gentlest of pushback. Brian said that's just emotion. It happens. No harm, no foul. <laughs> it's just a little saint. Anyways, <laughs> I just wanted to call attention to this drama because on the first hearing of it, when Joe told me, I was all excited because I was like, yes, someone is seeing it the way I see it. But then when I started to look into it more, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> a tale of two writers, a blueprint of how not to behave on one hand and how to behave on the other. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like both Joe and I understand that the character that we love is alive in the books that we love. And no matter how many iterations are done after the fact, it doesn't destroy what came before it. It's a fictional character. And I hate when people use that on me because it's a character I've grown up with and I care about. But it's true. It's not worth going crazy, imploding, destroying your own social media empire, or attacking other creators who are newer and more vulnerable than you. It's not a good look. It honestly made me really dislike Tony Isabella. And if it helps Tony at all, um, just know that when they roll out the new version of DC Comics, <laughs> Black Lightning will be dead. So don't worry about it. We're getting a fresh start on everyone soon, allegedly. 5G, <laughs> here we come. 5G, AT&T is ready for you. <laughs> Comics are the worst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thought that was hilarious. It's really funny to see. Well, this was just a short thing that we wanted to bring to your attention before we brought it up in a news segment of next week's episode. I do hope you enjoyed it. And just as we said previously before this little tangent, we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.